Hi, I'm Tony Luke Jr., also known as Joey the Nail. Please follow my friend, Justin Ray Harvey, on Facebook, Twitter, and Skype. His tag is at Justin Harvey. He's a great guy. I follow him, and I know you'll enjoy following him, too. Hi, this is Tony Luke Jr., a.k.a. Joey the Nail Nardone, and you're listening to Justin Ray Harvey. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a special edition of the Justin Harvey Show. It's kind of a bittersweet day for me because um, the reason it's bitter, it's actually the two-year death of my brother uh, today. But also, it is the anniversary of my very first show with someone that I look up to who is my hero, Mr. Tony Luke Jr. Welcome to the anniversary show, Tony. Wow, it's great to great to be back. Justin, how you been, pal? Uh, I've been pretty good. I've been pretty good and I got a little I got a little surprise for you uh tonight. I want to formally introduce you to the newest member of the Justin Harvey show, ninth degree black belt. Michelle Monu. Oh, that's fantastic. Hi. Hi, Tony. Hi, Justin. Hi, sweetie. Me, Tony. (laughs) Tony, oh my gosh, I have heard so much about you. Welcome back to the show on such a momentous day. I'm um, honored to meet you finally. I've heard so much about you. So thank you. Well, it's great to meet you as well. So the the show has grown, Tony, because remember a statement you made to me once you said, you said, guys like me and you, we don't stop, we never say no. So actually, um, I would be honored if Michelle would kind of give you a little bit of background on how me and Michelle met, and then I'll, I will give it to Tony to actually give uh, Tony's perspective on how we met for Michelle. So. <laughs> well, I'd love to, Justin. <laughs> Tony, um, I've, I've been listening to Justin about, you know, his show and his life and his loss, and which we celebrate today, um, you know, an anniversary. But there was something uh, just of great magnitude that you said to him, uh, he was thinking about, you know, not continuing to do his show, and you said, absolutely not. You must continue, and I don't know the exact verbiage that you used, but had you not spoken to him um, and been so convicted in what you said to Justin, we wouldn't be on the air right now, and Justin wouldn't be um, slated to be on the Masters Hall of Fame World News, and also he would not be inducted into the April, this April into the USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame. So I personally am very grateful for you and um, what you've done for Justin. You know, sometimes it's just the people that we care about um, are usually the ones that make such a difference, and you were able to do that that day for Justin. And so I I and uh, all the other listeners are in great gratitude um, for you and for what you did. Uh, Well, thank you. Justin is a... God, he's been through so much, and uh, I just couldn't see him giving up. I mean, I mean the, the thing in, in life that I learned is 
you have to keep moving forward. I mean, because life's going to throw all kinds of crazy stuff at you, and sometimes it's almost unbearable. But the only way to get through even the worst situation or the most pain is you have to keep moving forward. And I was so happy when he decided not to give up because he loved it so much. I mean, he was so passionate about it, and this is what he wanted to do, and this was his form, and, and, and he got to talk about the things that he loved, and he loves martial arts, and I'm so proud of him getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. That's amazing. And, you know, and, he, and he continues to fight these battles, these physical battles and, and, and personal battles, and, you know, and he handled them. And then here comes a decision at Crossroads for him to decide, well, you know what, I don't know if I can do this anymore. But it was one of the things he loved more than anything. So it was imperative that he did not stop. People love the show. They love talking to him. They love listening to him. They love the guests that come on. And I thought he would be doing such an injustice to himself and all the fans that he has that listen to the show all the time to just end it, you know? And I, I could not have been happier, man, when he called me up and he goes, Tony, guess what? I'm like, what? He's like, I'm not giving up on the show. I'm not going to not do it anymore. And I was just so proud of him when he did that. I was so happy. Well, I think all of us are, and we're just grateful to still have him on the radio and have you back. And um, has there has been anyone in your life that, when you reached that pivotal point of the split in the past that impacted you, Tony, is there anyone that, that actually served as, as Tony in your life? Well, I have to tell you, I've been really lucky when it comes to that. I, I've had several people. You know, I've, I've gone through so many different transitions and so many different uh, careers and things that I wanted to do, and I've always been lucky enough to have someone in my life to give me that push, you know, when I needed, whether it was something physical or it was a job, um, a career change, you know, whatever it was, every time there was doubt, there was always someone in my life that, you know, just said to me, stop. You, you have to keep moving. You have to keep, you know, you, you, you can't stop. You can't let negativity stop you. You can't let people tell you what you can and cannot do. You have to always strive to do your best, and you can't give up. And, I mean, there were people like my dad. My grandmother was, was a huge influence on me. My dad was a huge influence on me. I mean, friends over the years, like really close friends who were always there for me, good times, bad times, always helped me push and push and push. So in that respect, I, I wish I can tell you one person in particular, but for me it was you know, a few people that I was blessed with that were at the right place at the right time in my life to get me over that hump. Well, that's wonderful. And I know that Justin has his mom and also his brother. Justin, you want to share a little bit about what your brother said to you about continuing to be your show? Uh, absolutely. And this was before he had passed. Um, he... I had gone into like a deep, deep depression and I hadn't done any shows for several months and he says, he says, dude, he says, I'm one of your biggest fans. He says, you do what you do and you're great at it. He says, you really need to start doing your shows again. And, um, 
and that kind of gave me an extra push. But also, I was I wanted to say too to Tony and to you personally, I was very happy that um, my brother got to see the nail uh, a year before he had passed because I was so proud of that moment of having you on the show, Tony. So. Well, thank you. The nail was um, the nail was a real labor of love for me. I mean, that story was the little boy was was loosely based on my dad and my grandfather. So um, it was a rough story to write. It was a tougher story to watch. It, you know, people either were very affected by that movie or they weren't affected at all. There was really no middle of the road. You either understood that or you've been through that and you know that struggle and you really related to it or you really had no idea what that was and that even existed and and you just couldn't relate to it. So you didn't really get the impact that you would have. But, I, but it, it's, it's, God, it's a film that I'll be proud of till the day that I die. I mean, it was shot with almost no money. We shot the entire movie in 18 days. Uh, it was a labor of love for everyone involved. And, you know, I'm, I, I feel so good when I hear people talk about the film and about how much it affected them and, and, and made them talk. Like, that was the whole concept of the movie. I, I wasn't judging one way or another. I was hoping to get people just to talk, to talk about that subject. And, and, and you know, there's most of the time people that are abusive most of the time, not all of the time, obviously, but quite often they don't know that they're doing anything wrong. I mean, they think that this is normal. You know, they, they, they were raised that way, that that's what you do to make people understand. You beat them, and you beat them, and you beat them to get the point across. You know, it's very old school, old world thinking, and they never realized the damage that they were doing. They thought that they, you know, they loved their kid or they loved their wife, and this is just the way it was. You know, and I didn't want to attack them. I wanted them to see it and say, wow, am I really doing that? Because that's not good. I mean, this is so not right. And that's what I was hoping to evoke with the film, getting people who, if they were engaging in that type of behavior, to actually see it in front of them. And, you know, that's why I love my, one of my favorite lines in the film is when, you know, Joey confronts... Um, uh, the Billy Gallo's character, you know, Billy Gallo did a great job when he confronts him and, you know, he says to him, why do you hurt him? You know what I mean? All he does is love you. And he said, I love my son. I do it to make him stronger. You know, yeah. and it was like, and he believed that. He believed that what he was doing was fine, that this is what a father's supposed to do. So that's why I didn't want to judge. I didn't want to condemn. I wanted to say, hey, look, if you think that this is okay, it's not. Look. Look at so it was it was a real labor of love and and I'm really proud of the film and uh, I'm so glad that I was fortunate enough to make it to to write it and and actually make that film. That that's awesome to me and and, and one thing that I want to do and this is actually for the world news for her program to give her to give her a better understanding and and if I'm wrong correct me I know I know it's been years ago Tony but um. If I'm if I'm remembering correctly, when I approached you on Twitter about doing my show, um, what was running through your mind 
at the time because you responded real quickly. I'm trying to remember how you you approached it. Um, that's what I'm having trouble remembering. I remember you you had mentioned something about doing a show, but I think you, t- if I'm not mistaken, you told me a little bit about yourself and about the show, and um, also you were you were talking to me about meeting another friend of yours or speaking with a friend of yours, and you know you were very I, that's what it was. You were very very passionate, mm-hmm. even in the in the tweet, which you know, came across very well. You were very passionate about the show and about about martial arts and about, you know, what you wanted to do. And I was very attracted to that. You know, I love anyone who's very passionate about what they do. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, you know what, get back to this kid and just see, you know, see what's going on. Because if there's anything I can do, to, you know, I, I'm always looking to be a part of anyone who is that passionate about what they're doing because... You know, one, I thought it would be a great interview, and it was. Um, and, you know, I love, you know, I love martial arts. I love boxing. So you kind of hit a nerve with me there. I mean, I really wanted to be a professional fighter when I was a kid. I mean, that's what I wanted to do. And I don't know if I told you that. Did I ever tell you the story of, of what happened when I went to turn pro? Did no, you never, you never told me that. You never told me that. Well, I'll tell you a quick story, and it, it was it was such an amazing lesson. It was a lesson of humility that I needed to learn so bad. It is it is it is one of those stories that I tell people, you know, that it was such a a, a changing moment in my life. It was amazing. I had just done some amateur um, contests, and I won, and you know, I won every contest I got in and I, you know, I was young and I felt like I was the toughest guy in the world and, you know, mm-hmm. I just could do anything and I was winning all of these championships. So I said, you know what, I want to go pro. And I went to a place in Philadelphia and honestly, I don't remember the name of the place, but I remember the event so well. And it was a trainer who was, was supposed to be one of the best trainers in Philadelphia and he had a stable of fighters, you know, in martial arts because there was no, MMA at the time, you know, it was just karate, and and I walked in, I remember knocking on the door, and I think it was a Sunday, and a knock, 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 and this guy answers, and I, I walk in, and I got such a nasty attitude, like, I am so cocky that it's sickening, you know, how cocky, my, I don't even know how my head fit into the doorway to walk up into the dojo. <laughs> So I walk up the steps, I walk in, he said, so what can I do for you? And I'm like, you know, I tell him my name and I go, I'm your next champion. And he goes, really? My next champion? I go, yeah. I said, I'm the best that there is. I said, I don't care who you put in. Now, I'm really just this arrogant, arrogant cocky kid. Tony, how old were you? I was, at the time, I want to say I was 18. Okay, yeah, testosterone pumping and everything. <laughs> yeah, about, eight, about 18. Okay, 18 sorry, go 19. ahead. No, 18 and 19, yeah. So I walk in, and he goes, oh, calm down. He goes, he says, listen, I don't, now he can tell that I need to be knocked down like 12 pegs. I mean, really. Like, I, he has this way about him. He was very calm, but, you know, he was like the best. Huh? Yeah, he goes, well, I'll tell you what. He goes, the truth, 
when I tell you a true story, it's an absolute true story. He goes, well, look, he said, I don't have any of my fighters here. He said, but I'd really like to, you know, evaluate where you are. He said, now, hold on a minute. And he calls this kid, and his kid comes out the back, and he goes, listen, he wants to be a fighter, this kid, but he's nowhere near ready to be a fighter. You know, I, you know I, I'm just starting to train this kid. What he does is he cleans up around here. And, in fact, Justin, <laughs> if you remember, I, I used it, like, I almost took my thing from that. Like, when I tell the, when there's the kid in the nail, and he goes, well, he cleans up around here. He's got a bucket, you know. Yeah. And I was like, and then I say to the guy, can I help? Let me clean up. Let me, you know, pick up some trash and stuff. And I got it directly from what happened to me in life. So this kid comes out, and he's a little bit older than me, but not much. He was in his 20s. And, you know, he goes, well, what do you want? What's up? And he goes, look. He said, would you do me a favor? Would you get dressed, stretch out? Would you spar with this kid, you know, just a couple rounds? I just want to see where he's at. He goes, he goes but Tony, listen to me. He goes, the kid ain't a fighter. It's not a fighter. Okay? So I just want to see how you move. Do not hurt him. He goes, do <laughs> not hurt him. And I go, I'm not going to hurt him. I'm just going to spar with the kid. Don't worry. So I go in the back and I, you know, I, I, I put my gear on and I'm stretching out, you know, and the kid's there. He's like, Oh, he's like, please, you know, man, don't, I'm like, look, I'm going to go easy. Don't worry about it. I said, so I, I swear I can remember this yesterday. And I remember walking in the ring and he goes, all right. He goes, now look, he says, just, I'm asking you again, take it easy on him. Don't hurt him. The same fight. I just want to see how you move. I go, okay. Now, when I tell you, hear what I'm saying to you. When I tell you, he obliterated me from the time the bell rang to the end of the round. He destroyed me. He went through me as if I was a paper doll. Jesus. I mean, I, I'm, I'm talking about, I'm not talking about it was a good fight. It was, I mean, he completely destroyed me, humiliated me, and I'll never forget as long as I live what the trainer said to me. The bell had gone off. I was busted up. I mean, the kid really did a number on me, I, and I could take a beating. So I wasn't that I was hurt. My ego was completely destroyed. And he said to me, he said, Tony, he goes, do you want to be a fighter? Best, my new champion. He goes, I'll tell you what. He goes, you learn how to fight, and then you come back, and then we'll talk. <laughs> I'll never, ever, ever, ever forget that. And I remember I left, and I never fought again. And about, uh. I want to say about five years later, literally five years later, I'm telling the story. Because a friend of mine knew me, goes, dude, you were like such a natural. I mean, I watched you fight in New York. I'm like, no, nah, I couldn't fight. I was never any good. I went to be a fighter, and this kid, this, this kid was a, like a janitor. The kid never fought a day in his life. He was a janitor, and he destroyed me. And I told the story, and he goes, dude, are you that stupid? Do you really think that that, that kid was probably his number one fighter, like a contender for the title? And you bought the fact that this kid was like a janitor. I'm like, well, I didn't know. I thought the kid was like a janitor. But, I'm, but it was a great, it was an amazingly great lesson 
for me in humility. And I remember even when that happened a few years later and they brought that to my attention, I was like, yeah, because I wasn't bad. Like, I was a good fighter. For him to walk through me like I wasn't even there, mm-hmm. like I was a paper doll, I'm like, I don't get it. I, you know, I don't get it. And then, you know, I realized that, you know, he might have been a good guy and I might have been, I might have had a good career if I had just walked in like a human being and yeah. said to him, look, you know, I want to be a fighter. I need to learn a lot. You know, whatever mm-hmm. you can do for me, I'd like to start at the bottom. You know, he probably would have said, hey, look, I got a kid in here. He, you know, he's, he's a contender. I'll go easy with you. Let me see what you got. And, you know, who knows? But I guess it wasn't meant for me to do it. You know, my ego completely, completely destroyed that. And from then on, I was always humble in anything that I did. I never boasted about the best, I'm the best, I'm the great, you know, I never, I mean, it was a great lesson, it was a hard lesson to learn, but it was a, it was a great lesson for me to learn. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Tony, and I, I wanted to mention to you, Tony, that um, there is a strong possibility that I might get to do some acting in the near future. Nice. So. Mm-hmm. That's, that's awesome. So. So be acting's ready for that, Tony. So. Acting's, um, um, you know, acting's, um, the, the thing about acting is, you know, don't be intimidated by anything. Try to be yourself. And, you know, acting's all about playing a role. It's all about being in, in that moment, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, it's an incredibly difficult uh, profession. And I, you know, I don't take it lightly at all. And, you know, I consider myself, you know, the lowest man on the totem pole when it comes to acting. And I, you know, I've been doing it for a while and, you know, I did the nail and and the next job I did, I did better and you'll always do better and invincible and all the films I've done, I've always tried to be better and Mm -hmm. learn something from the last, you know, time that I did it. But, you know, you know, you know, I've, I've talked to a great act, you know, Leo Rossi is a really good friend of mine and he's been my mentor and he's taught me so much. And I remember he said to me, Tony, know your lines, hit your mark, do your homework, and you'll be fine. But you've mm-hmm. got to do your homework. Don't look, at a, don't look at a side or look at a script and go, okay, these are my lines. And, it, you know, acting is all about listening, mm-hmm. listening to the person that you're, you're in the scene with and reacting. It's about listening and reacting. Mm-hmm. And no matter how small the character is, you've got to do your homework in your head. You know, if literally, if your character is just a guy in a grocery store who's cutting lunch meat and he makes a sandwich and he gives it to the other actor and he goes, hey, here you go, buddy, here's your hoagie. As, as little as that role is, you know, you would think that that's simple. You know, any actor worth his soul, you need to know why are you there? You know, have you worked there forever? Is it your dad's place? Is it your brother's place? Do you have a second job? Are you, get, are you leaving there, going to another job? What's your frame of mind when you're cutting? You know, do you got three kids that you're raising and you can't make ends meet? Do you love what you're doing? Is this your dad's mm-hmm. And all of these mm-hmm. things, you need to feel like you're really that person. And in order to feel like that person, you need to have a complete history. You need a background, where you come from, where you went to school, where you were raised. Why are you cutting lunch meat? What's going on? Are you studying to be something else? And... There's a way to pay your collar. Like, all of these things need to go in because once you feel like that person, 
you're not acting anymore. So even if it's a line as simple as, hey, buddy, here's your cheesesteak, or, you know, here's your hoagie, or here's your meatball sandwich, or here's your pizza, whatever it is, you'll say it like a guy who's working at a pizzeria who, you know, is paying his way through college, who can't wait to get out of there or go to his next job, and he's dressed. All of those things are in your mind, and it comes off real. Yeah, and it don't come off like you're at. comes off real. So just know your lines, hit your mark, and do your homework. Come up with who this guy is, where he is, and what he does, whatever, and then be comfortable with that. And I'm telling you, it takes a lot of the edge off. That, that's, that's a lot of great points because, like, me and Michelle was talking the other day, Tony, I swear to you, and we, we both decided that it's time that my story is told, but I told her mm-hmm. under one condition. I said, Tony Luke Jr. has to play the role of my father, or it's a no-go. <laughs> oh, thank you, Justin. Because that's the one thing that my dad wants is you'd actually play the role of my father. So. Now, did your father speak with a slight accent? <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm the wor- I'm the worst at accents. You'd really have to help me out. That one night I was never I was so I'm so bad in it. I love an English accent and my girlfriend Maria does an amazing English accent. So every time someone does an accent on T V, I'll mimic what they say, you know, and I go, Hello, love and I'll go, Maria and she'll go, It was horrible, don't ever do that again. I'm like, No, I sound just like somebody from England. She goes, You don't sound anything like someone from England. You don't sound like anyone from Tennessee. You don't stop. She goes, stop. <laughs> so, I'm not great on accents. So you have, you'd have to coach me on that one. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, definitely. And I wanted to mention, too, that I was laughing the other day because I was talking uh, to Michelle a few weeks ago, and I told her, I said, when I did a FaceTime interview with Tony, he actually had me speechless on camera because you actually said, one of these days, I am going to meet you, and I just, I just froze. And I have been trying, Justin. I've been trying ever since. I have been in the la- last time we spoke. I was in, you know, forty cities, you know, overseas, and I still haven't come anywhere near where you're at. Now I told mm-hmm. you I had shot that that one cowboy movie. I shot. Where was I shooting? I was in Virginia. I wasn't in West Virginia. I was in Virginia. Um, I want to say it was on the suburbs of Roanoke, Roanoke, Virginia. Mm-hmm. And I remember going on set. You know, I'm, we went on set that first day, and we were in this field. And you know, I started to get dizzy, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, "You, you have the weirdest things in Virginia." And they were like, "Tony, what are you talking about?" I'm like, "Your grass in Virginia." Why does the gra- I literally said this. I said, why does the grass in Virginia move? How does grass move? And I'll never forget it. guy said, grass? That ain't grass. Those are bugs. It was like this one field had a million. I never seen that many bugs in my life. It literally looked like the grass was moving. I remember jumping on top of a chair and, like, literally standing on a table going, oh, my God. He goes, yeah, it'll pass. It's all good. It's just a bunch of bugs. And I, and, I, and I remember going to breakfast for the first time, and I walked in, and I was saying something to someone, and I said, you know, that's a great accent. And, I'm, and again, I'll do it, but I'm horrible. 
And the you know, person around said, accent? I ain't got no accent, boy. You the one got the accent. I'm like, I ain't got no accent. They're like, you got the accent. I ain't got no accent. So it was like, you know, so I, you know, I never think of myself as having, you know, an accent, you know, because mm -hmm. this sounds normal to me. I don't realize, you know, I'm out. People are like, where are you from, New York City, Philadelphia? I'm like, yeah, Philadelphia. Man, you got a funny accent. <laughs> It's so true. I lived in Chicago for seven years, and when I arrived from Southern California, they're like, why don't you say taco? Why don't you just say taco? You know, it's like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. And they're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I'm like, you are, they said, I talk funny. I'm like, no, you talk funny. So I know exactly the exchange that you're talking about. Uh, really funny. Absolutely. <laughs> and I was extremely big. And I'm doing this. I'm doing the movie, and I think it was called New Liberty or something like that. I don't remember. It was it was a, it was a western, and I was like, oh my god! You know, I had to be tipping the scales at like 400 pounds. I mean, I was massive, massive. And I remember they had the um, stunt coordinator, and he handled all the horses. And I'll never forget this. One of the funniest things ever. And I got sneakers. I'm riding a horse. And we're supposed to have sneakers. So he says to me, he says, boy, he goes, what's on your feet? And I said, sneakers. He goes, sneakers? He goes, you ever ride a horse before? And I'm like, no, how difficult could it be? It's a horse. <laughs> and he almost died because it's a Western. I'm on the horse. And he's like, I can't train a person how to ride. So he looks at me, and he looks at my weight. He goes, boy... I got to tell you, you must be one hell of an actor. And I said, excuse me? And he goes, no, you must be one of the greatest actors of your time. And I said, you're telling me that out of all the actors in the United States of America, they couldn't get a smaller actor to ride on top of this board? <laughs> That's what he said to me. I'll never forget it. Oh, Never forget, you must be a hell of an actor. Because he's like, and then he literally looked at the producer and said, I can't put him on a horse. Do you realize the weight that you, get 400 pounds on a horse. They got me the biggest horse, which was a psychotic horse to begin with. <laughs> uh, and, and I felt so bad. I had to get on a, a ladder. I literally had to get on a step ladder to get on top of the horse. And I'll never forget that poor horse's face. When I sat on top of that horse, that whole horse's head turned and looked at me, and I literally heard the horse say, are you kidding me? Are you serious? I'm supposed to lug him around all day? Not well, that's what I was thinking. Like, yeah, yeah, I was thinking, you know, the guy said, you're great. You must be a great actor, and he's upset. But think about how the horse feels. <laughs> yeah, the horse must have been like, you don't pay me enough for this. In fact, I don't even get paid, the horse probably said. I'm not even getting paid. It's bad enough I get feed. And I got to carry this 400-pound mammoth human being on my back all day. <laughs> but it was my first experience filming filming down south, and it was uh, it was a lot of fun. I I never knew what happened to the film, but I remember watching it in the screening, and I was so afraid to ride the horse, like I was petrified of the horse. There's a scene where there's four of us riding up. And they're moving. They're riding. And they get to this barn 
where they're supposed to confront this guy. And then you see in the film, you see three horses pull up. And then literally, like two minutes later, you see me go, like, you know, like literally just crawling. The poor horse was crawling into, into the scene. Wow. Was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Oh, good. Hey, Tony, you want a good laugh? Sure. Oh, okay. You'll, you'll get a kick out of this one, Tony. I guarantee it. Like, a few weeks ago, um, um, you know, my pages started getting a lot of attention because, you know, where I'm being inducted into the Hall of Fame, the show is well known now, and, you know, I really didn't know how to handle it at first. So I wrote Michelle and I said, you know, I feel like a star, you know, laughing out loud. And then she, she writes me back. She says, you are, duh, get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> she's right, brother, she's right. And I got to tell you, Tony, you'll understand what I mean when I say this, but when I found out that I finally made it, I felt like, I felt like uh, in the mail, Winning the Golden Gloves. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, well, I'm telling you, you worked hard for it. You absolutely deserve it. And, you know, like always, I wish you, you know, nothing but the best success, my friend. Always. And, and honestly, Tony, I could actually see us working together on something. I'm ready, Josh. Just tell me when and where, buddy. I, I, I'm ready, too, whether it's a song or whether it's a movie. I, I am so ready. I am so ready. Uh, we've got to bring Michelle into the picture, too. You know, it can't just be us. We've got to keep our friends close, pal. You've got to bring her in. Oh, I, absolutely, Tony, because I wanted to tell you something funny. She's going to be in a film, and I have um, the producer of the film on, and I told him, I said, you kill off my co-host. I'm going to be pissed off. We're going to fight. He's <laughs> <laughs> threatening everyone now. He's become really threatening in this celebrity, Tony. <laughs> and I, I well, you know that you're going to need now. You're going to need her as your bodyguard. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly oh, what I told her. And I, I, I told the producer that, um, that uh, I would come back in a Jason mask and kill everybody <laughs> and cut off Superfoot Bill Wallace's foot. And carry it in my pocket the whole film. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting pretty uh, gross. Uh, yeah, it's turning into a horror flick, Tony. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. I hear it. Now, Michelle, where, where are you based out of? I am in Southern California, so not quite L.A., but just south of L.A. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, where I just I just got back a little while ago, and I'm going to be filming out there for a while for at least at least a few weeks minimum. It's oh, not excellent. Yeah. So, yeah, because I, I just signed with Asylum Pictures, so we're going to be doing some stuff out there, so it's going to be really good. Well, I would love to meet you, have some coffee, or grab a bite, and I hate to do this without Justin, though. I know, me too. To so we, we'd, have to, we'd have to scroll me. And my favorite spot, like, I'll tell you where you can always find me in L.A., it's like I never like to leave it. It is literally my favorite part of Los, Los Angeles, 
is uh-huh. I am just a freak for Toluca Lake. Like, I love Toluca uh-huh. Lake. Oh, that's funny. Love I worked to- on a pilot. Yeah, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I worked on a pilot there um, in Burbank, but we were we were also based in Toluca for a little while in an industrial area. It was such a cute little place to have a pilot show, but I love it there. It's beautiful. Uh, Toluca Lake. I like Calabasas as well, but... Mm-hmm. It's kind of way, it's way out there, Calabasas. It is. I, I like Studio City, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I like, um, I like, you know, Sherman Oaks is a great place as well. True. But Toluca yeah. Lake is just like, God, I love Toluca Lake. I feel, I feel so at home. It's like my home away from home. You oh, know, good. I'm glad. I love it there. Yeah, I really do. I love L.A. I do, too. I really I, do. I, I've heard LA is great, and actually, um, I'm actually trying to plan a huge trip maybe next year to LA, Tony, because a lot of my celebrity friends have get, given me clearance actually to meet them. Um, oh, that's all. In LA. Yeah. So, yeah, LA is, 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 you know, it's, I mean, downtown Los Angeles is like downtown anywhere. You know, it's just downtown. True. But, yeah. But you know, it you know Toluca Lake, uh, Sherman Oaks, Studio City, uh, Calabasas is beautiful. Woodland Hills is really nice. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there's yeah. a lot of really, really good areas. You know, staying staying more south. You know, you have Malibu, you have Santa Monica, yeah. which is great. You know, even though I got to tell you, where I'm not a huge fan. I'm not a huge fan of Venice Beach. It's just a little too insane. Uh, for me. I, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a just crazy. a little too out there for me. You know, I walk through Venice Beach. I'm like, oh, okay, I gotta leave. Time to go. I can't. I can't do it. I, I go in normal. I come out completely crazy. Do you know what I think it is? It's like the classic. Um, you know, people on the East Coast and in the Midwest just are frightened by the free thinking out here and the wackoism that goes on, and maybe the preoccupation of superficiality, so, you know, material things. But I'm telling you, it's not like that everywhere here. But where you will find it is Venice Beach. <laughs> Oh my God! You know, Mike. You, you know what, the, Justin? The craziest thing mm-hmm. is the very first time I went to Venice Beach. The very first time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I kept thinking over and over and over again? Share with me. You have to go there and actually see it. Mm-hmm. I kept saying to myself, "How is everyone not killing each other?" Like there was no vibe. There was all of these insane people. You have these crazy, crazy people next to really, really rich people. Then you yes. got like businessmen next to gangbangers next uh-huh. to, you know, it's like in <laughs> Philly, this would be you, like everyone, it would be like the shootout at OK Corral. Like everyone <laughs> would wind up being. So, and I'm like, how is no one killing each other? How is this humanly possible? It's the most amazing thing I have ever, ever, ever seen. And it's like, and, and I come from a really rough neighborhood, you know, and I grew up most of my life in a rough neighborhood. So, you know, I go through Venice Beach, and I'm with a friend of mine. He's like, what do you want to do? I'm like, get me to Beverly Hills right now. Yeah, yeah. I need, to, <laughs> I need to go to Rodeo Drive right now. I'm getting too many flashbacks of my childhood. Get me out of anything. Get me on Rodeo, which is another trip in itself, because these people have way too much money. Way too much money. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, you like people watching, go to Venice Beach, and then literally you'll have just as much fun people watching going on Rodeo Drive. Just sit in a coffee mm-hmm. shop and just watch people walking down Rodeo Drive. It's just a different kind of crazy, but still yeah. crazy. 
I, Ernie, I just had a crazy idea. I mean, this is as close as I could get to you, but I had a crazy idea. Um, what are you doing in April? Because if we could get you in Indianapolis during my induction, I could meet you then. Ooh, Indianapolis. How far is that from Philly? I'm trying to think. I don't even know. That's... I don't even think it's that far. Yeah, it's not that far. I mean, good. I got to be honest with you, though, Justin. I would love <laughs> to be there. I was hoping, you know, if I'm not filming like crazy in L.A., then something went wrong in April. <laughs> you know, something, something went really wrong. If I had time to leave Los Angeles in April, then something went really, 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 really wrong. <laughs> you know, but absolutely. I mean, I would be honored to come and see that. Are you kidding me? It's about 645 miles. Six, ooh, that's, I can't walk that, Justin. No, 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 it's about a nine and a half hour drive. I have to leave now. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even get there, so I don't, you know, I don't know about that. I don't know. Yeah, but I was just thinking since I was going to be on the West Coast, maybe I could kill two birds from one stone, you know? So... West Coast. Well, if you're on the West Coast, let me know, because I really think I'm coming. I'm, I should be the second week or the mm-hmm. third week in February. Oh. I think I'm going to be out there. Oh, February. Okay. Yeah, and I don't know. Like I said, I don't know. I don't know how long. I know I have to shoot a pilot, and then um, I don't know from there. You know, I, I'm, I'm not 100% sure. Mm-hmm. I may be there a few weeks and then come back, but then have to go back again. So I'm not 100% sure, but when I'm out there, just I'll text you. You let me know if you're ever thinking about coming out, you know, and, and that around that that time, I'm there, you know. So, I mean, we'll see. You know, you got to play by ear. Yeah, you can about life. You never know what's going to happen. You know? You yeah, know. well, well I'll I tell you what I'll do. I'll be going to Indianapolis in April, and then I'll just, I'll just send you a text and see what your time looks like, you know, at the time. That's perfect. Yeah, just give me a week's notice of when, you, or a couple weeks' notice when you know the exact date and get back to me March. It, it's actually, I think, um, April, what, 18th is my induction? Um, yes, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. April oh, we'll work it out. Yeah. 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 That, oh, that would cool. be awesome. Yeah, if I can make it, I would definitely be there. Are you kidding? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So we we stick to Philly style. So. Are you coming to Philly? Yeah, you got to get to Philly. I, I've been, I've been trying to arrange that because I've got a friend that can actually come with me. I just got to arrange it. So. Well, you let me know. I'm always, I'm always around somewhere. Just give me a heads up. And like I said, if I'm even close, if I'm not in Philly, but if I'm in New York or whatever, mm-hmm. I'll definitely, without a doubt, drive in. You know, to see, even if it's just for the day, if I'm working in New York, and then I'll I'll just drive back again. So yeah, because I would love to see you this year, Tony. I mean, this year, 2015. I mean, this year. So well, I like I said, I will try on my end. If I'm even remotely close, I told you, if I'm remotely mm-hmm. close to where you are filming or doing something. Then you know, I'll definitely shoot over. That you know, that's that's not a problem at all. It's just. I've been, you know, traveling so much lately. It's just, you know, one city after another. I just haven't had time. You know, to do anything. My poor house in Philly, it just becomes a place I collect mail anymore. It's crazy. 
<laughs> and, and Terry, uh, on this statement, I wanted to mention too, and I'm gonna have you explain to Michelle what this will be. But I already checked within uh, on Indianapolis having a Tony Luke's, and they don't. And I'm like, damn it! But um, my goal, my goal this year is to actually, and I want you to explain this to Michelle this year to actually get to a Tony Luke's to honor you, and I'm gonna take the Tony Luke challenge. The you're, gonna take, you're gonna do the Tony Luke challenge? Yes. That sandwich weighs more than you do. You know that, right? <laughs> well, I believe I could do it because if I can eat twelve tacos in one setting, I can train my body to eat a whole pound. Of Wait, what did you? What, what can you eat twelve watt in one sitting? Uh, twelve tacos. Ooh, I, don't I know. think Tony's gonna laugh at you right about now. I think well, that, uh, that's yeah. Well, uh, I'll tell you what. I just did a charity event. Now, I cannot do the cheesesteak challenge. I can't finish it, okay? And I just did 54 wings in eight minutes, and I oh couldn't even begin. To, you know, you're talking about a little five pounds or a little more of cheesesteak and bread. Now, it, you know, even if you said, oh, I can eat, you know, five pounds worth of food, which is a tremendous amount of food, you have to remember, you're eating bread and you're eating cheese, which is very, very, very dense. Yeah. So, and you got to chew, 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 chew. It's a lot on the system, you know, and God help you if you drink something and that water goes in your stomach and that yeah. bread just, you know, doubles in Expand. size. And yeah. It's a lot. I mean, it's a lot. I mean, there obviously there are people, there have been quite a few people that have done it, and I think, don't quote me, I may be wrong, I think that the record for that was like 10 minutes to eat it in 10 minutes. You have an hour to do it, but I think 10 was the record. So, wow. And that I thought was, you know, pretty incredible to begin with. But, well, hey, I'd like to see you make a shot. Hey, I would, you know what? I'm not saying it's probable, but mm -hmm. I'm saying it's impossible because you defy the odds all the time. So That's you'll so probably true. eat it in like nine minutes. So I don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> Exactly, Terry, because when people tell me, for example, when people tell me I can't do something, that just makes me want to go out and do it. So, because people told me, I mean, honors professionals told me, kid, you'll never have a radio show. So. Then here you are. You're always proving people wrong, Justin. That's what I love about <laughs> you. So. So never tell me, never tell me that I can't do something, Tony, or. I'll go out and do it, so. <laughs> I hear that. Well, Justin, i got to tell you, it is always a pleasure doing your show. Mm -hmm. And, Michelle, it was an absolute pleasure. Oh, my you. pleasure, Tony. Oh, I look forward to meeting you when you're in L.A. I, I do as well. So, um, Justin, as always, keep in touch. Mm -hmm. And I'll definitely put on my calendar April 18th, and hopefully okay. I'll be able to do it. Uh, but if I can't, I guarantee I'll be there in spirit, and you should be immensely proud of everything that you have accomplished. You know, mm -hmm. you you talk about how people were an inspiration to you. You can't imagine how many people you inspire as well. Right. Oh, oh, absolutely, Tony, because that list is getting getting longer and longer each day. I mean, just to give you two big names that's good friends of mine now, um, Don the Dragon Wilson and Cynthia Rothrock. See? Wow. So, <laughs> two big actors in the martial arts 
in the industry. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, All right. Well, I am going to head off into the sunset (laughs) on on a horse that wants to throw me. (laughs) <laughs> and the two, the two last things, Tony, that I wanted to say, too, you should be very proud because you have made history. You were the very first um, celebrity to ever be on my show. So. Mm. Well, that's very kind of you. I never think of myself as a celebrity, so those are very, very, very kind words. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I appreciate it. And like I said, I'm I'm always here for you, buddy. Absolutely. And my closing statements to you, Tony, I love you, brother, and, you know, keep in touch. And I now fully understand why the spit bucket was your favorite on Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) My best friend in the whole world was the spit bucket, believe me. Yeah, and uh, the first season is now on iTunes as well. Yeah, the first season is on iTunes, so that's really, that was nice, yeah. they, They did a good job with that. Yeah. Well, Michelle, protect Justin because I think he's going to need it. Because I think he's going to be one of those crazy celebrities. So you got to keep an eye on him. I know. So true, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it was a pleasure. Pleasure meeting Michelle. Always a pleasure talking to you, Justin. Uh, Guys, have a great night, and uh, hopefully we'll catch up sooner than later. Absolutely, Thank you for doing this. Anytime. Bye bye. Bye bye. Wow, Michelle, what a show. Yeah, very nice. It was awesome. Are you there? Yeah. Yeah, good. It's a good one, definitely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to uh, close this anniversary show that's dedicated to my brother, Adam. And I wanted to uh, thank Michelle for, for being here for this wonderful occasion. So... Um, thank you, Justin, for having me. And, and this is truly a monumental show, um, you know, anniversary of having Tony on, but also of Adam mm-hmm. and um, how you continue to broadcast in his honor every time you go live, every time that you set up a, a guest and, and have them on. It's just inspirational. Thank you, Justin. Thank, thank you, Michelle. And I, I think that, um, you know, Tony's going to be a big part of, uh, my story when it comes to the world news. So it'll kind of give you a good insight, you know. Well, definitely. And we, I need that. Like you said about acting, you know, um, knowing your guest, knowing the role that you're playing, is they're kind of similar. Mm-hmm. 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 So, I mean, because to me, my determination was like, you know, okay, if I can get to me, then, then you know, it's endless. It is. Well, thank you, Justin. What a great show. And thank you, our listeners, for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. See you guys later. Bye.